biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joe Levin. Welcome to the show. Welcome, guys, to another great show today. I have a doozy for you. So we recorded this episode about probably three weeks ago, and you know, three weeks ago, COVID-19 was not as big a deal. It was a big deal, but it seems like it's just grown and grown and grown. And I think this episode is very telling and very necessary because my guest today is Dr. Jillian Shannon, and she is a functional medicine doctor. But what I really like about her is not only does she think outside the box, not only is she's you know practicing functional medicine, Ayurveda, using all these holistic techniques to get people better, but she's also very progressive, and she's she's doing things like nutrient IV therapy, and I'm sure many of you have heard that vitamin C. IV therapy has been shown to be very effective, especially for viruses, especially for COVID-19. So she is someone you'd probably want to see during this time period. But she's into all kinds of other cool biohacks like uh, bioidentical hormones, you know, especially for women. And when you think about women and um, hormone hormonal issues, thyroid, insomnia, all these kind of things. She's starting to get into peptides. She's doing PRP. Uh, she does uh, prolozone, which is like they inject uh, ozone and uh, a sugar, like a dextrose, into your into joints, basically to help them heal. And and people have gotten a lot of good results with this when it comes to like knees. Shoulder joints, you know, these are the very common ones, you know, elbows. You could even do it in your neck if you wanted to. So she's doing she's doing things like that. And then she's even doing more like she's not stopping there. She's on her way to starting to be able to do peptides. And that's like cutting edge stuff that a lot of biohackers and a lot of people are starting to get into because they're starting to realize the evidence for peptides to be able to just heal the gut to help you live longer, so many amazing things. And then on top of that, she's also getting into how to enhance sexual energy, right? Using the things called O-Shots, P-Shots, Gaines Wave. She's doing all kinds of cool stuff, guys, and it's crazy. We went for like an hour and a half, and I (laughs) I didn't even get to all my questions because she just had so much information to give. So we're definitely going to have to do a round two, and I told her we would. So hopefully in six months or now from now, when she comes back from her peptide training and some of the other exciting things she's doing, like ozone therapy, which I forgot to mention, which is another great thing. If anybody's been researching COVID-19 killers and things to help decimate co- something like COVID-19, ozone therapy has shown to be extremely effective. So these are the kind of things she's bringing. She is really starting to dive into anti-aging and regenerative medicine. And so she's just someone that I wanted to have on the podcast, and she's a wealth of information. Her story is amazing, and I can't wait for you guys to hear. The only thing I'll say about this episode is the audio is a little faint, 
on her side. But that's about it. So just you're going to have to perk up your ears a little bit. But other than that, it's a great show. Tune in. I can't wait, you guys. That's the thing. When you start like a patient. Building relationships with people. Yeah, too, somebody yeah. could come in for. I think she came in just for preventative. She wanted to just check her hormones. Where is my thyroid at? Where are my hormones at? You know, just, just optimize her health. So I'd met her at a festival. We did a Potrero Hill Festival. I did all these giveaways. So then one of the giveaways, she came in, became a really good patient. Yeah. So very end of her hour-long appointment, I said, do you, have, like, do you get any UTIs or yeast infections? Like, how's all that? Oh, yeah, I get chronic, I get chronic UTIs. I've been getting it for years. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, do you, do you want to be married? Like, do you love your husband? And she's like, just blank stare. And sure enough, she was forced into a marriage. She was with someone that she loved, but then married this guy because on paper he looked good. The boyfriend before that, parents didn't like him. So it's manifested physically in these UTIs chronically for years. She has an affair, wow. no UTI. Interesting. Interesting. Allergic to sperm. That's, that's a real thing. <laughs> Women can definitely be allergic to sperm. But it's more of like less than it being physiologic. Allergic to sperm? It's, it, but instead of it being more physiologic per se, your body and your mental state will start rejecting that person. When you reject that person, your body rejects that person too. So I always tell women, if you get chronic UTIs, obviously make sure you're drinking enough water. Obviously make sure you don't eat sugar all the time. Like, like, yeah, you know, do the, the basics. Basic Cover the basics. Things. Make sure you're not, you know, your kidneys are functioning, all that jazz. Yeah. But underlying, if you're young and healthy and you keep getting reoccurrent and you didn't have, you know, sexual trauma in the past, things like that, because that can also induce it. Right. Just check your relationship status. That's so interesting. Because I believe in like that, like that idea of just energy and the energy you put out and... Like manifesting stuff, like you said, right? It is more than just the energy, though. I mean, literally, it's just like when you have stress in your life, the inflammatory yeah. response just starts cascading. Your hair starts falling out. Your hair starts graying. You know, your cortisol starts spiking. You start, you know, gaining abdominal fat. So right. it really is physiologic as well. Yeah. So I'm not I, as much as I'm, you know, into uh, I don't know naturopathic medicine. The whole the whole vibe, energy, woo woo medicine. Yes. Is like. It's not my bag. It's not your I, bag. I, it's not my bag. But you just proved, but you just gave a but, great point, but, though. But with, but with physiologic elements backing it, too. It's sure. not just like, oh, you didn't like him, so you got a UTI. Like, it's, it's so much deeper than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it really is this, like, almost like a cytokine storm that's happening yeah. when you start having this kind of stress. Or if you're lying to your spouse or things like that, that's going to manifest physically. So right. I have another patient beautiful girl you look at her and you're just like are you a doll i mean she's gorgeous yeah she's got two boyfriends well one's her husband the other one's her boyfriend she comes into me can't have an entree without the side as the great fabulous one said yes who said that some rapper oh i was like donald trump <laughs> maga <laughs> yeah so anyway she drives a she has an suv ferrari I mean, the girl, she's just, no, she's, she's she, looks, oh, she looks like she's just got it all, right? Yeah. She comes in, she's just like down in the dumps, no energy. She's had a uh, reoccurring Epstein-Barr for years. Mm. So I start treating her. She's like starting to feel a little bit better because then, you know, when patients don't come back, it's not because they don't like you or they don't enjoy the treatments. They're right. feeling good. So yeah. she starts feeling good. Then she then it would kind of come back. Her symptoms would all come back. I say, I told you from the day you came in here. You've got a husband, and you've got a boyfriend, and you've got these two relationships. Your heart is literally being pulled. Yeah. What is that doing to you physically? What is that doing to you? I said, you've got to make a decision. You can't do it. Whenever you're on the fence with anything, it's going to tear you up. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, when you go to the doctor, like if you go to your allopathic physician, you're probably never going to have these conversations. No. But that's part of the whole healing process 
If someone yeah. has recurrent Epstein-Barr, but they've got these chronic environmental factors mm. that are contributing to the stress, you know, contributing to the inflammatory markers, contributing to you know their white blood cells chronically being elevated, yep. things like that, then you have to get to a deeper level. Why am I not getting better? Why can I not? You know, why do some people their Epstein-Barr titers go down or it goes away, but yeah. then other people it's just constantly recurrent. So you have to look at that. And so that's what I do is I just dig and dig and dig until I find, well, what could possibly be contributing that we're not hitting? You know, what, what are we missing here? Kind of thing. When you, st when you think of EBV, though, are you thinking, do you immediately think, I mean, there's obviously a lot of reasons, but do you think, just typically, do you think the gut is an issue? Is it usually stemming from, like, a leaky gut? Or do you start thinking, I don't know, heavy metals or... Is there, there's a whole array of things. That's an interesting question. I don't know that I, I think by the time I get to see a patient and they're in their, I would say the, the bulk of my practice is people in their thirties and forties. So they're like, you know, these, these booming career people, they're in startup, they're entrepreneurs, they're just stoked about what they're doing. Yeah. So they've had EBV way, way, way before. Earlier. It's yeah. just dormant. Yeah. It's just dormant. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the herpes virus, just like, um, you know, any kind of other virus that stays in the ganglion of the, of the nervous system. So you just want to keep that all dormant when it comes reactivated. That's when it becomes problematic. So a lot of right. times it will be dormant for a long time, but then again, that stress, that high pressure, so does cortisol play a part? Probably Do different bacteria feed off of cortisol. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, you know, what came first chicken or the egg kind of thing. Um, I yeah. would say most people that live in the Bay area, their guts are a wreck. Is this, is this, is this nationally? I don't know. It could be. I only see patients here in Arizona, um, where I saw patients previously. I think there were a lot. Of, Lyme disease was actually really prevalent. Really, there. I'm not really sure why. So a lot of. And isn't there a lot of EBV correlation with Lyme? That's what I thought. I think the immune system gets weakened and it predisposes you. Lyme disease gotcha. is also sexually transmitted, so there's that. Really? So that's that's never something that, that wow. they don't. Really, yeah. So if if you have Lyme or your your wife, your spouse does, and they give birth, that oftentimes does get transferred to the baby. I've seen it happen many, many times. Wow. So there there are more studies that come that have been coming out that it's that it is sexually transmitted. Yeah. Wow. So so do I think that that they they go hand in hand? Could be. I think it just. I, I think what happens though with Epstein Barr or with Lyme is these particular patients have felt crappy for so long that they just want to keep testing and keep testing and keep testing. Well, it's just like with you know Corvid. It's like if people test, I could have it right now. I'm not concerned about right. it because my immune system is strong enough where I may not manifest the symptoms. But if I felt like garbage and I just go through the you know I, I check if do I have hepatitis, do I have all these other latent you know viruses or, or probably not bacterial, but if I have latent viruses, yeah. if I felt like trash, I'm gonna check all these things. So it's kind of like. Um, comorbidity kind of thing i think so a lot of times these things are just present together yeah it's because the whole system is just very weak so in chinese medicine they call it your chi um your doshic makeup if it's ayurveda all yeah. these things you're just at a really low point and then you're predisposed to all these other infections these other pathologies yeah so one it reminds me of what my mentor stephen cabral who's a functional medicine doctor he talks about the rain barrel and when the rain barrel you know, it can only take in so much. And then when it starts to overflow, that's when you see the symptoms. So you just, you don't know. It, you've probably had it all. all this, the, the human body is amazing. It's able to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's able to keep going with all this crap you're sending it. But you got the heavy metals. You got uh, the stress at work. Then you got the financial issues. Then it's your kid or something happens. And then finally the rain Absolutely. barrel overflows. And now you're like presenting EBV or whatever. That's the symptoms, right? Yep. And to be honest, I think as, as a naturopathic physician, I think – the biggest difference is we get patients that have, they've been to their endocrinologist, they've been to their GI specialist, they've been to the allergist, they've been to the pulmonologist, they've been to all these doctors because it first started out as a little symptom. 
because like you're talking about the rain barrel, your body will give you a little bit of a symptom. It says, okay, okay, something's off. My shoulder hurts. Or, oh, yeah. I, I'm starting to see a little bit blurry. Or I woke up this morning. I just felt like crap, and I can't sleep at night. And your body does these little, little things. We ignore it. We just don't even listen. Yep. We don't listen. So then pushing. after years of ignoring these symptoms, then you get these massive red flags. These sirens just start going off your body like, oh, my God, I, I really can't sleep. I only got two hours of sleep last night. Yeah. Well, then I had alcohol. Well, then I had, you know, I went and had pasta that night. Well, then this perfect storm of the starch breakdown, of the leaky gut, of your body starting to react to the same molecules it sees over and over to the stress. It's just it's, it's a perfect storm. So we yeah. often get the patients that they've been to all these other doctors. They got put on medications. They're like, yep. well, those medications didn't really help. And now I have numbness and tingling in my fingers. And, you right. know, now I have my stomach's always upset. Or, you know, now I have rebound insomnia, things like that. So I think the biggest difference is just when it goes to treat the patient, you know, how, what are you going to use? Are you going to dig? Are you going to look at the biohacking? Yeah. Are you going to look at their genetics? Are you going to look and see, you know, what do they have going on? What are their predispositions? And then try and get a hold of those symptoms without medication because that's only going to further, you know, decrease yep. their, their dosha. It's going to make them weaker. Yep. You don't want to make someone weak. You want to find that vital force. When you find that vital force, that's when they can actually heal. But mm. you, can't, you can't heal unless you have your vital force. So it's really important. Whether that's even just with basic hydrotherapy. I mean, I went to the sauna last night. Yeah. And I was really tired. I drank the night before. Uh, you know, one thing leads to another. You have Here friends. we go. So how, to, how, to hack, uh, how to hack a hangover. Here we go. Yeah, well, so, sort of, yes. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, you know, the word detox. I get asked this constantly, you know. So do I, and I can't stand it, by the way. Yeah, Continue. Yeah, I can't wait exactly, to hear what exactly. you're going to say. So detox should be a part of your daily almost, I would say, almost your hourly life. Like right now, I've had probably two full lemons. I've had 90 ounces of water. That's mm. detoxing right there. Detoxing needs to be a part of your everyday life. It's not like, oh, I did a five-day liver cleanse, and now I'm detoxed. Right. It really has to be a lifestyle. So I drank, go to the sauna. I'm in the sauna. I do an hour-long session, so I do um, typically about 30 minutes of hot, 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 just sweat as much as I can. Is this a dry sauna or infrared? I did dry sauna. You can do, it doesn't really matter whatever you have access to. I think yeah. it's difficult in the Bay Area to find a lot of different sauna therapies that you can do regularly. Um, a lot of people can't afford you know that stuff, so you just kind of do whatever works for you. So even if you do it in the shower and you just have the water cranked up and you're you know you start to get sweating and then you do that shift to the cold, the ice, ice cold water. Yeah, that's what I do. So I do the hot, make sure I'm really sweating for a good at least 30 minutes to cold shower, go back to sauna, always end on cold. But even just doing that can stimulate that vital force. So that's where that all came yeah. from. But does it, does it help a hangover? I don't know. I think prophylactically there's things to do. I think if your body, yep. first of all, if you get a hangover, maybe you should stop drinking. Maybe you should, <laughs> maybe you should figure out. Well, what about, what and what about too, like, you know, dry farm wines, you got all these with the glyphosate, right. And all these, and all these pesticides in the wine. Like you, you hear that guy, the guy who created dry farm wines. Have you heard of them? They're just like a better quality wine that's supposed I mean, to. I know I drink really, really good wine. Yeah. Like the other night, I opened something from Gerard Winery. I had three glasses. I was I was uh, translating poetry. I'm very into. I write a lot. I'm really into philosophy. So I read and I write a ton. Yeah. So I'm just one thing leads to another. I'm dancing. I've got music, and then I go back to writing, and then I'm dancing and doing all this stuff, right? And like three glasses in, I'm just like, I felt really nice. I woke up the next morning. I think I got five and a half hours of sleep straight through, maybe six. I felt amazing the next morning. So do the wines have a lot of, of, you know, garbage in them? Yeah, a lot of them do, but it has to do with, you know, what are they putting on the grapes? What's in the soil? Right. You know, what's the aging process? Like, what are the chemicals they're adding in? So I think that it's, if you buy something that costs $13, you're probably going to feel like garbage the next day. Yeah, 100%. So there is, there's something to that. I, I, I don't know the mechanisms, you know, in, in wine growing. I've been 
attention of wineries. I've listened to them, but I think I just start, sometimes I tune out a little bit. Yeah. But there, there's a lot I don't know in that arena. I have a uh, level three Psalm friend of mine. Oh my God. We went well, level three, me. is that good? There's only 174 in the world. It's very okay. good. Yeah. Okay. When I when I found that out, I thought he is as don't smart, lose if that not friend. smarter than me. It's like he went to medicine. He, he went to medical school for for right. culinary. So we went to Murad. Go Murad. Murad watches this Murad. amazing restaurant. Murad's a Michelin star restaurant on okay. it's on Montgomery Street. Yeah. So we're I'm with him at Murad, and uh, they told him the altitude. And whether it was a new world or old world grape, and he knew what it was. It was a Reposani wow. from Greece. But anyway, wine was amazing. And I should yeah. know a lot more about the process, but I don't. I know that when you find something that's good, you stick with that. If it does have a lot of sulfites in it and you're sensitive to those, obviously, right. again, with genetic testing, that, that's, that can be really, really helpful. Look at your detoxification pathways, not just the word detox, but look at your actual genetics. Is your pathway blocked? Did your, do you have a lot of stagnation? In your How would someone like know that? if their pathway is blocked? Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so basically through 23andMe is, is amazing. And I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about 23andMe just because that data can be, you know, Used sold and them, yeah. whatever. But to me, when I did that test and I saw that I had a double mutation, on my vitamin D receptors, uh -huh. I had a double mutation on my estrogen receptors, I had high glutamate, so I'm already like very, very high energy, I don't know if you've gotten that from me, <laughs> but like... I'm kind of the Energizer Bunny. Well, I yes. just thought, well, I'm just the Energizer Bunny. That's just that's just who I am. And da, da, da. Well, there's right. a reason why. It's not just willy nilly. That's my personality, and that's and this is your personality. You're more calm. Sure. So I have. It's actually a genetic mutation where my body can't convert the glutamate, which is the excitatory neurotransmitter. So someone like you my, needs more GABA or yeah, L-theanine. Exactly. Or... So I don't convert to GABA as much. So there's certain uh. things. I don't necessarily supplement for that, but I know what's going to further exacerbate that glutamate mm. reaction. So if I have a lot of caffeine, if my cortisol is constantly high, that's just going to keep making me this like crazy person. Right. So I have to be very cognizant of like you know sugar intake, things like that. So take it a step further. So you have your 23andMe genetic testing that you can do. Then there's raw data, and I believe that 23andMe used to own nutra hacker uh same with genetic right. genie yeah. so genetic genie is okay it gives you a little yeah i did that in the past a long time ago genetic genie yeah yeah so it gives you a compartmentalized like very brief overview but if you right. want to get very detailed into like like i said the detoxification path what's going through your neurotransmitters what's going on in your gi tract um what's going through your vitamin d all your hormone receptors all that stuff it's very very best i think it was like 60 bucks i've ever spent in my life was mm. when i put that raw data into nutra hacker and i found that out so i had dysplastic cells on my abdomen that were detected when I was in medical school. And I thought, well, I grew up in the pool and I was always really tan. And mm. I was like, why why in the world would I have this? You know, I get so much vitamin D. Well, right. all that time, even though I'm, I'm absorbing I'm absorbing it, but I'm not converting it to the active form of vitamin D, which is, which is protective for the bones. It's yep. a precursor for hormones, helps with immune function, things like that. So all that time, I thought I had this great immune system because of my vitamin D levels being high. I was never absorb well, I was absorbing it, but it was never converting. So yeah. that was huge. So when I found that out, now I supplement. I give myself, you know, the active form of D3, compound from pharmacy. I inject it uh, into my upper outer glute twice a month, and I don't have to worry. You about inject it. it too. I inject it because I don't. I don't like taking supplements. I'm not good at it. I it bothers me. Absorption's an issue, um, especially wow. for vitamin D. So. As it being a fat-soluble molecule, if you don't have it with food, you're not going to absorb it as well anyway. So it's just easier for me to just do an IM injection. So Anything else like that that you'll inject or because you just feel like it's just not going to be absorbed correctly or – the vitamin D is the biggest thing. Fish oil, you don't obviously you don't inject fish oil. So fish, <laughs> there's certain ones I do take. So fish oil, I take religiously. Probiotic, I take every night before bed. 
Um, what probiotic do you take? I take Claire Therabiotic. I don't know if you're familiar with Claire. No. Claire's an, it's like a it's a nutraceutical pharmaceutical grade uh, product. It's very very good. So it's got I think it's 25 billion. But I like the strains. So there's certain strains in it that will basically help to support the small intestine versus the large intestine. So that's okay, really cool. important because a lot of the a lot of the probiotics out there don't have the diversification of the strains. And it's very important to switch up your probiotics too. So I do okay. switch. So there's another company. Um, Enzyme Science, I believe it is. I think Enzyme Science is what I use. So I just try to rotate them often just to make Very sure you cool. get the different strains. And you can look at those through Genova stool testing as well. So Genova stool testing mm. will really help you look into the microbiome. I don't know if you're familiar with Genova, but Yeah, I've phenomenal. heard of Genova, but for people that don't know, talk about talk about Genova. I they they, they do like stool labs, right? Like the three day stool lab yep. where you can get parasites, um, they picks up on stuff like that. What yeah. else? And then I'm assuming this is like an organic acids test that Genova does, or uh, more in depth. They it's don't little... do organic acid testing. They do. They do. I'll tell you the, the okay. tests that they do. And I, and I run them at least, I'd say, probably five per week for patients. Oh, wow. Even though I mostly do procedures here in practice, but it seems like even if someone comes in and they've got like, you know, they think they want to come in for bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, well, if I find out, you know, based on some of their symptoms, they're constipated, or whatever. Well, that's probably it has to do with their thyroid or yeah. it has to do with you know their other hormone levels. So we end up checking everything. But if the gut's a wreck, you're not absorbing absorbing various medications and things like that. So you end up you end up running these tests more frequently than one would think. So yeah. someone comes in for migraines, the next thing we know we're doing a stool test. But here's the, I, I guess one of the biggest differences of allopathic medicine again is, and then maybe I can segue into what, what brought me into this medicine. Um, basically, when you go to an allopathic, let's say a GI specialist, and you've got Crohn's disease, or he wants to give you, a, he wants to give you some diagnosis. That's what MDs love to give you diagnosis. Yep. I just had a patient here. She's obsessed with the idea that she has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS. And she's a, like, I think she mentioned EDS probably 12 times in our visit. And I said, all right, I'm going to need you to disassociate yourself from that diagnosis because you are not your diagnosis. I love this. Yes. And that's, it's really important to understand that even if you do have that, even if you do have fibromyalgia, which in Europe they call it mitochondrial dysfunction because that's actually what it is. Yeah. But even if you get a diagnosis, so what? What yep. are you going to do with that? What are you going to take, like uh, Flexerol? Are you going to take, you know, some sort of um, immune suppressant? Like, what are you going to do with that diagnosis? Who the fuck cares? Right. And you can take that out. Sorry. No, but keep it, it in. It makes me so. <laughs> Don't take it out. It makes me so angry. My, one of my uh, one of my mentors in medical school gave me a story. He said they had two patients with MS. One patient basically didn't have any symptoms from her MS after working with her. She had a great attitude. She was like, I don't even know what this is, how I got this, you know, but brought her vitamin D levels up, you know, addressed the micronutrient issues that were going yeah. on, certain things, um, some other supplementation. The other one didn't get better, and her symptoms just kept worsening, kept worsening, kept worsening. He goes out in the parking lot and sees her drive away, and on her license plate it said, I am MS. Holy shit, wow. So when you manifest that diagnosis – that obviously creates a block in your healing process. Yeah. So you can call it, you know, crazy woo-woo medicine all you want to. Right. But either way, there is a mindset. You know, they call it um, they call it the ability to override. So your heart may feel a certain way. You you may feel a certain way about about a relationship, about a job, about something. But the will to override. But that's that's where the mind comes into play. Mm. So that's really really important. So anyway, back to the differentiation. So let's say somebody has chronic gut issues. They go see the gastroenterologist and they say, well, you have IBS. Right. Well, what are you going to do with that? So IBS I, is just so blanket too. chronic diarrhea it's just, yeah. and chronic constipation for the rest right. of my life. And I, that's just what I do. Yeah. I'm just going to poop my pants and I'm out. I'm just going to not Here's a poop diaper. for four days. Yeah. 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 And then they're going to give you, uh, you know, they're going to give you a prescription to help you go, to help the motility process through the yep. GI tract, yep. or they're going to give you something to bulk up your stools. Um, 
So that's what they're going to do. But instead of getting, and then they'll send you with a, a stool test as well, and then they'll give you a little pill that you swallow just to see, you know, what's going on with the intestines, things like that. Well, that's all great. I mean, sure. diagnostics Take that data, the allopathic right? world are amazing. I can't do that here in office. Some of my diet, I have to send people out for those diagnostics. But it's then when you've got those, the results from these tests, then what do you do with it? Do you just send them on their way, give them a script and say, okay, well, you've got IBS, you've got Crohn's, you've got colitis, like that's it, you know? Yeah. And so... I guess with the stool test that they typically give, it's usually, an, it's called an O&P times three. It's oviparasite. So there's kind of checking, make sure you don't have Gerardia. If you went to Mexico, make yeah. sure you don't have any latent parasite. If you had sushi or something like that. But nine times out of 10, that O&P, um, I just said the O and parasite. And then I was like, the O and the P shot. <laughs> you thinking of like, the O and I yeah, knew what you were thinking so of. Excited. Yeah. I get so excited. <laughs> it's the glutamate. We can talk about yeah. that later. So anyway, the, the difference between the Genova testing is that it looks at everything. So it's going to show if you have inflammation. It's going to show if you have fecal fat. So if you have fat in your stools or cholesterol in your stool, there's a reason for it. Is your pancreas functioning? Is your gallbladder functioning? And then you can also look at the different strains in your gut. Is there an overgrowth of bad bacteria? Is there an overgrowth of good bacteria? Do you have small intestinal bowel overgrowth? So right. there's all these things. If you do have SIBO, do you want to take antibiotics? Or would you rather use um, you know, neem oil or olive or biocytin. Yeah. There's all these natural herbs that can kill these things off. And there's very strict protocols that are just as strong. The studies and the data shows that it's just as effective as if you were to take antibiotics. Plus, it's not eradicating all your good strains as well. So Genova testing is very, very, very insightful because it looks in uh, Genova should pay me for this, to be quite honest. Yeah, they should. Or a little <laughs> give royalty. Me a free Affiliate test. fee. Just give me a yes. free test. I yeah. need to look at my stool. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's the, the amount and the comparison of data that you get from a Genova stool test. So look at your microbiome to see if you have potentially leaky gut to see if you have your IgA, which is your immunoglobulin for your mucous membrane, so the GI tract, the lining of the, the vaginal canal, all these kinds of things. Yeah. If that IgG is, or IgA is really elevated, well, that's going to give us insight into, okay, what's really going on? What's your immune response? Should we then do an IgG test on other things? Should we look and see if you have candida present? So yeah. that this is the kind of stuff that if you did have candida, they're going to give you fluconazole, and then that antifungal is going to affect the rest of the gut bacteria. So we don't want cascade effects to happen. You don't want to constantly be cleaning up the damage from the damage that was done and then it yep. just becomes a cycle so it's really important to support like i said find the vital force find what's lacking in the patient find the root cause and then address it from there so i love this you dr jillian shannon you are speaking my language and by the way we never even introduced you so let me just start oh. off by doing that hey it's joel from the hack life i'm here with dr jillian shannon from sf natural uh, medicine in san francisco california Talk to me how you even got into functional medicine. Yeah, how did that come yeah, yeah. about? What was your calling? I don't think I'll get emotional today, but it's funny because I was at the sauna last night with a girlfriend, and she asked me, there's something about segue again, and then I'll come back to it. Yes. There's something about hydrotherapy that when you're in extreme heat and you go into the cold and you go back to extreme heat, it opens up all of your chakras, and I never mm. even really believed in that whole chakra nonsense until I felt it. I remember being the first time I was in a steam room. And I tried to inhale, and I remember just it feeling stuck in below my solar plexus, more in my pelvis. And I just felt this, I felt this pressure, and it was the strangest sensation. I couldn't take a deep breath, and that's when that breath got stuck in the pelvis. And I thought, "There's a block. There's something going on." Mm. So maybe I will get emotional. I yeah. Don't know. Um, but there's something so profound about when you when you have a channel and you find some sort of block or something that opens you up. So last night we were in the sauna, and again, this heat just really. It's because you're not in a it's it's you're in a state that you start being so relaxed that you think about other things and an emotional side that you would never even believe was there. Mm -hmm. So 
in the day-to-day life, you're constantly stressed. What do I have to do? What's my calendar look like? What am I doing tomorrow? When's my dentist appointment? When do I have to be on the plane? You know, things like that. Yeah. But when you're in that heat and you're just so present, you start thinking. So my friend said, I've been wanting to know since I met you what, you know, you said you were sick for a long time. What was your story? Mm. And I just started crying. She didn't know it, but my eyes just filled with tears. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about this because, <laughs> because it was such a long journey for me. So wow. I saw, it was when I was about 18, um, my parents had divorced. I'd even make this connection until about two years ago. And someone mm. said, well, what was going on when you first started getting migraines? I said, well, I think my parents split up, and I just moved to California. So I just moved to Northern California from Iowa to go to undergrad. And I remember being in my dorm room and just having this this pounding and just this sensation and just felt so much heaviness. And one side of my head just pounding to the point that I wanted to die. The pain was so bad. I I remember literally hitting myself in the head to take the pain away. And it was crazy. And this went on over and over and over. And I, so I saw my PCP. Puts me on a prophylactic uh, Topamax, which is an anti, it's a bipolar medication. Off-label, right. this is supposed to be used for, um, for migraines. I don't believe it's a vasodilator. I don't even mechanistically know why they're prescribing this. It doesn't even work. Now, now as a doctor, flash forward 15 right. years, maybe seven years, because I'm really not that old. Um, <laughs> but flash forward, I'm like... This is insane. This is insane that that's what I took for so long. And that's, yes. I still have residual tingling in my hands and feet from that medication I was on for so many years. I was wow. losing weight. I didn't want to lose weight. Here I am still eating, but I'm like, I can't even keep weight on because this, this drug just makes you, you know, shed pounds. Yeah. And that's just one element. I remember my mother was a, a nurse in the psych department. I said, Mom, I'm on this medication. And I said, my personality is just like this. I said, I don't, I don't feel like mm-hmm. myself anymore. But that's what the drug does. So not only did it not help my migraines, but I had side effects with the numbness and tingling, probably because it was pulling the B vitamins from, from my body. So yep. B6, B12, really important for nerve regeneration. So here I am continuing to take this crap, and it's not even helping me. So then what do they do? They add something else on. So now I'm taking injectables. I'm doing nasal sprays. I've got like a whole pharmacy. Just napalming your body. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then at the time, I remember I had transferred to University of Iowa. Headaches you know, progressively get worse. The pounding's worse. I'm vomiting like you can't believe it. I remember a girlfriend picked uh. me up. We were going to go to the gym. She had to stop the car. I threw up like eight times. And then when you throw up, that's the body's homeostatic mechanism to help and, and alleviate the pain. So you want to throw up. Right. Because that helps. The, the You know, for a moment, it helps to ameliorate the pounding, the throbbing. Right. So then you puke again. Pain comes back. You try to take an anti-nausea medication, which I was on lots of anti-nausea meds too. Wow. And when you're on those, you can't even keep those in because you're still, unless it's injected into your bloodstream directly, if you've already started that cascade of vomiting, then you're not even, it's not even going to help. So this went on for many, many years. I transferred to University of Jeez. Iowa. I remember I met a neurologist at the at a coffee shop. Uh, we ended up, he became my first boyfriend and he did an EKG on me. He did all these tests, just gave me lots of prescriptions. And because he was, you know, the resident physician at U of I, he's like, here, try this, try this, try this. So I tried all these things and I was like, God, this is just getting crazy. So at that point, wow. after graduation from undergrad, we he moved to California. I stayed in Iowa, got a job, whatever, so went our separate ways. But I'm still grateful for that connection, just opening up the doors to understand mm-hmm. more about brain activity and things like that. He's brilliant. Um, but I just realized, you know, I'm going to have to get a job that I can vomit if I need to. <laughs> and I can't be at the office. And if I'm, if I, my head's throbbing, I've got to have an environment that I can actually function. So I, I got involved with sales. So my first mm. job, I sold office furniture. Now, was um, your undergrad work in 
in, it was in medicine business, or it was business, it was business and theater, okay. actually. So performing arts for the entrepreneur because I wanted to start a theater. That Very was cool. a, a theater company. Okay. Yeah. And, and other business too. Just, yeah. Just the whole entrepreneur stuff. Yeah. So you do like marketing, finance, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. So John Papa John Business Center was where I spent most of my time in undergrad. Um, so anyway, got a job in, in sales and I did pharmaceutical sales. I did dental sales for a little while. And then I ended up working for Campbell soup company. That was my, my favorite company to work for. It was great. I was like a, it was like a guy's industry, but I was a the girl there. They were all like these older men that were just so sweet and took me to their wing and it was a great company. So I traveled to Philadelphia a lot. Um, I kind of had the region as my territory, but again, I did all of that because I could, I could adapt to that to that lifestyle because of because of how sick I was. Yeah. So here I am, still chronically ill, injecting myself constantly. And then I was like, I'm done mm. with this. I'm gonna figure this out. I've got to figure this out. I was like, I probably will cry, but God did not put you on the earth to feel like this. And yeah. after being sick for so long, I was like, I have to do. I have to do something about it. So yeah. I found naturopathic medical school. And I would have gone to be an MD, but I thought, why would I do that? Why yeah. do I want to just diagnose and write prescriptions? Why do I want to do that? To yep. make people feel the same way I did? Yeah. Absolutely not. So then I found out about Ayurvedic medicine. I went to India. I studied with an Ayurvedic doctor there my first year of medical school. So um, cool. That was, that was amazing just to show how how sick people are in other countries and the pathologies that they have are totally different than the disease states that we have here, but they're much more serious. By the time someone in India goes to a doctor, they're usually pretty far advanced. They're pretty sick. So uterine prolapse is a big thing there too, just because the women are in the fields all the time. Yeah. So there were things you could do for uterine prolapse and just different herbs that we would use. And um, there was a bone setter that I worked with and that was amazing. So you get all this kind of insight. And when you have a bone setter, they didn't go get a hip replacement. They didn't get metal put in. They actually reset the bones so that this person, you know, people in India could actually have these flourishing lives. They wow. don't have access to the same kind of medication we do and the same kind of surgeries. But we've become so infiltrated with the system, with surgery, with prescriptions, that we just go to that. That shouldn't be our go-to. When I went, when I think back when I was 18 and I got sick, the doctor should have said, What's going on? What are you yeah. eating? You know, let's look at your hormones. Let's look at all these things. So over 90% of migraines are food related. So for me, that was part of it. If I have gluten and I have a glass of wine, I am done for it. I will be vomiting, retching the next day like you can't believe Even it. right now, it's at the Even day. Even right now, yeah. So you just and learn you're in your And you're in a high state, high vibrancy yeah. still. You're in yeah. your vital state, as you said yeah. earlier. Because either way, going back to genetics, when I tested my genetics and my detoxification pathway and my liver and all that stuff, you've got gluten allergies, which is celiac, and then you've got gluten sensitivity. So yeah. obviously I'm sensitive. I don't have celiac, but I'm sensitive to it to the point where I'm going to vomit. I'm going to have a migraine. Is it worth it? Absolutely not. So no. going to Bob's Donuts, I've done it a couple times since I live here. <laughs> sicker than a dog That is a fantastic day. spot. Yep, Especially at like two in the morning. It's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. So that, that was my journey. And then I, yeah, so after going to medical school, you know, I figured it out. So I did genetic testing. I looked at my hormones. I looked at heavy metals. It was really just all, it was a combination of all these things. So I decided to not go to MD school because this was more, um, the route that allowed me to get to the root cause of patients because yeah. you, you have to remove, this is my favorite naturopathic principle. You have to remove the obstacle to cure. For example, mother and father, my dad, I'm just like my father, uh, very type A stockbroker, very driven. And then my mother was a stay at home mom, overweight, loved to make casseroles with mayonnaise and all this garbage. And I'm just like, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. so I was a vegetarian for 10 years only because 
in the Midwest, they eat like crap. So I was like, I can't be at a dinner party and ask if that's organic beef or organic chicken. Like I'm not gonna, so it's just easier to say I'm vegetarian. So, yeah. so it was, that's what I did for a very long time. So I've got this dichotomy of this mother and this father who one's healthy is builds gyms wherever he goes. And then I've got my mother who's just like, you know, not healthy at <laughs> yeah. all. So like, what am I gonna do with this stuff? So my mother asked me if she should start taking this really expensive, it's called Theracuramin by Integrative Therapeutics. I love, I love ITI, I love that, that product. Um, they're the ones that make this uh, HPA adapt as well, which is for adrenal and cortisol health, which we can talk about next. Yes, yes. Uh, so anyway, she's like, should I start taking that supplement? I said, Ma, you eat chocolate chips every <laughs> night and you drink milk every night like a little <laughs> infant. Like, <laughs> right. You, you're constantly feeding yourself this this inflammatory food that the cow dairy, for you know, for example, you don't even have the enzymes to break that down. So all it's doing is sitting in your bloodstream. When it sits in your bloodstream, it has affinity for the joints. So how have your knees been? Oh, my knees been terrible. I've drank a lot of milk the last weeks. Maybe there is something <laughs> But to there's that. calcium in milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the taste. Yeah. And we've been doing it for years. Yeah, right. But just because you've been doing something for years doesn't mean that it's right. So basically all that to say, I said, Ma, why don't you just eliminate that from your diet? Then you can then you, then you can incorporate the theracurmin or the curcumin. Because if you're constantly putting inflammation into your body, but you're trying to give yourself... Yeah. You, it's, it's just a band-aid. It's not a scale. It's, it's, not a, even, it's not even doing anything. Right. That supplement cannot keep up with detoxing that out of your bloodstream. It just can't even keep up. So yeah. is curcumin great? Absolutely. But you know what's way, way, way more important than you buying and spending a dime on any supplement? Is making sure your diet is extremely clean, making sure your detoxing is a part of your daily lifestyle, making sure you remove the obstacle to cure. So that's what it is. You can't get better unless you remove the obstacle cure. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent agree with you. Yeah. Which, I love this. Which for me, when I was sick, that was gluten, sugar. It was you know the hormone imbalances. It was like the too much estrogens. It was not enough progesterone. It was because of the stress. And you've got other hormones that get all out of whack because of stress. Yeah. So there's a it's a whole different combination of things. So just real quick before we talk about you've got two supplements here. I want to talk about that sitting on the table. But before we go there, for you for you getting well, you had just the vomiting, the headaches. Sure, it was gluten and dairy. You removed that. Was there anything else like big though for you that that was a game changer that or or any labs that you ran? You're like, holy shit! Like I had a lot of lead. Or was there anything that you that for you that was really a, a turn the turn yeah. turn the course? Other than diet, a diet is huge. Like you said, removing it is gonna be huge. But anything else that like you noticed that was kind of shocking? I guess maybe. I really think that it was the genetic testing. So NutraHacker is the website that I said that you put the raw data into. I think right. doing the NutraHacker and, and understanding more about my detoxification pathways. Yep. So you have your cytochrome P450, phase one and phase two of detox. And so knowing that both of those phases were compromised. So for example, you have you know people that overmethylate and undermethylate. So people either burn through a substance really quickly, which is like what I do. So yeah. Um, I haven't even actually had that much coffee today, but I don't need a lot because I'm just already excited. But if I, let's say I actually did have eight cups of coffee or eight shots of coffee, like a, let's say two quad shots, that would actually calm me down. It would actually, it would kind of mm. counteract what's going on with the brain activity, but it has to do with that detoxification pathway. So same with alcohol. I can literally drink any guy under the table and, and like it's kind of <laughs> And it's not because you're from Iowa. No, because okay. I didn't even start drinking until I was 25. I literally did not have a glass of alcohol until I was 25. Wow. I'm only 26, so I mean, what the Yeah, heck? yeah. I, mean, I, I noticed. I've been drinking for a year, and right. I'm like, so good. good. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> there I go about this aging. It's because patients always ask me, like, literally, how old are you? 
Like, why? Why is that important? Do you think I'm less smart? Why is that smart? important? Yeah. So if I, if I didn't spend middle school two years ago, am I less smart? If I had 10 more years, it's a compliment. Okay, it's a compliment, first of all, because you look young, but you're a doctor, so they're trying to figure it out. That's what it is. Yeah, okay, right? okay. I'll, I'll go with this. Yeah. Maybe I'll start telling people. Yes. But um, They're like, don't you have to do medical school for 10 years? How old are you? Yeah, that's, it's 12 that, years. I'm going for 12 years. There you go. Yeah. That's why people so are they're shocked. I know. I went to, I went to medical school. You started school when you were 18. 12. Yeah, how do we know? Yeah. So I think, like I said, the detoxification pathway is really, really important. So okay. I, I burn through things. Same with medication, so aspirin, whatever it is. And then you have people who they don't burn through things as quickly, again, because of that. And so you just have to look and see what's going on with your body. You know, what's yeah. So when I had that liver congestion, was what we'll call it, liver congestion, understanding that, understand that when you have too much estrogen plus your body – your liver basically makes, houses, and excretes hormones. So constantly you've got this hormonal turnover, right? So if that liver is congested, it's going to manifest, they call it in Chinese medicine, liver qi stagnation or liver yang rising. So if liver yang rising is that heat, it's going to manifest with like red eyes, you know, kind of an agitated dosha, which in Ayurvedic medicine they call that your pitta is high. Yeah. And I have a little bit of uh, high pitta. So You're definitely pitta. You have, yeah. I'm, I'm pitta vata, believe pitta it or not. Vata, yeah. Yeah, I so, can see that. and constantly, you know, that's why I need a kapha. So I need a kapha to kind of balance me yeah, out because, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I think it's more understanding what your body is doing, what your genetics are saying. So I think the biggest element to, to, to curing myself yeah. was through that. And I'm really grateful for the mentors that I had through medical school too. Like Dr. Hazel at SCNM's amazing, just the most motivating person that you will ever meet just to understand that about nature cure. So again, Instead of starting medications, instead of starting supplements, just get the fresh water, get the, the, the yeah. sunlight, get the basic things, get the crap of the diet. I mean, water is a huge thing for me when I talk to patients about their thyroid, about dehydration in general, anything. Your water source is so important. If you've got chlorine or you've got fluoride in the water, that is going to affect so many other pathways of cellular function in your body. It's yeah. not even funny. And people say, I don't want to spend money on water uh, service. Oh, really? Well, do you want to spend money on thyroid uh, removal later? I mean, you choose. Do you want to have fibromyalgia later? Do you want to have all these other diagnoses? Because all because you had too many molecules on a regular basis that were affecting your cellular function. Yeah. So... So I think, yeah, to answer your question, I think I probably had high mercury. I didn't ever test it. But I know that through undergrad, I had tuna fish in the cans, like, oh, you know, almost every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty certain that I had high mercury. So by just doing other detoxification um, elements, like with glutathione on a regular basis, I still do glutathione almost regularly. That's do you inject that? or? With. Yep, intravenously. Yeah. The, the amount that you get, same thing with NAD. So with NAD, Even liposomal, you, you think it's... The liposomal, like Quicksilver makes a liposomal yeah, glutathione. Yeah, yeah, I think but... it tastes terrible. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> my, do my, uh, my six-year-old loves it, by the way. Really? Yeah, he, he, I don't know, he digs it's it. It's great for his brain. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's really good. It's yeah. really good. Does it have a flavor to it? I think it has like a minty. The, the last time I got it, it was like a, like a minty okay. lime or lemon or something. I think for yeah. kids, it's probably a lot a lot more potent. Um, adults need higher amounts, obviously. The same way yeah. with vitamin D. If, you're, if your child is sick or you just give your, your child vitamin D, the amount that you would take 10,000 a day, for example, as an adult, is not – obviously, you're going to give him 1,000. So his yeah. body getting the, the liposomal glutathione is, is a big deal. It's going to be a bigger deal for him versus an adult. You need much higher doses, especially once you build up a tolerance and you've got – you've just it's called your body burden. So as an adult, your body burden is much higher than a child's body burden. Yeah. So I think it's important to do intravenous, and I usually do – like for myself, I think I'm up to like around 3,000 milligrams. And you do that once a week? Yeah, about once a week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really, really important just in terms of, like I said, supporting the liver, supporting skin health, supporting, you know, going – it's basically a free radical scavenger. So it's yeah. going to find these toxins in your body, 
help to remove them and then support the liver to get it out. Same thing with like the MICB12. So people love the MIC fat burner injection. They love this molecule thinking, oh, it's just going to help me be skinny. I'm going to look good. There's so much more to it. You know, those molecules really help to support the liver, help to support, you know, um, the vascular system, things like that to help remove the fat from your body. Again, with drinking a lot of water, with having a proper lifestyle, diet, exercise, all that stuff. So I love it. There's no magic bullet. I love that. And yeah. one of the great things that you said too is just what I love is just you have to have a lot of awareness about what is going around you. And if you don't have the awareness like with your mom of like re- removing milk, chocolate milk from your diet, like you're not – Chocolate chips and uh, <laughs> skim milk. Got it. Oh, at least it was skim, yeah, right? Like yeah. diet soda. Yeah. We all know what that does. Causes, uh, yeah, it causes brain swelling, causes tumors, uh, yeah. things like that. So yeah, yes, no big yes. deal. But yeah. But yeah, if you're not doing those basic things, then you know we don't need to worry about the biohacking and yeah. the IV drips. Like you got to do the basic stuff first. So I love that. Real quick, because you're talking about the IV therapy, I want to talk about that next. But for everyone that can't see, we're, we have this on video. But talk to me about these two supplements that you brought and you have them on the table here. Why are these so important? Why do you want to talk? These about These are nothing that I like brought to show these are literally on my desk like constantly so i used to have i've got a couple tinctures up there you down here i've got like probably 17 supplements my bottom shelf and so if i'm with this is like my house by the way yeah yeah same thing at the house yeah my house is my cabinet is just filled of stuff that's good yeah just gotta hone in Get on a regimen because there's so many supplements that sit on the shelf. I think it's really important to take supplements therapeutically, therapeutic dosing, things like that. If you just willy-nilly take supplements right now with coronavirus, I'll just touch on that really quickly. Yeah, let's talk about corona. People are like, oh, I'm just going to take vitamin C. I'm going to make sure I have my Sani wipes, all that kind of (laughs) stuff. You know, and yeah, it's great. You know, we we should always be washing our hands regardless. And, you know, in between patients, it's a given that I'm going to wash my hands at at least once, right, between the patients. Um, But things like that, in terms of vitamin C, you have to actually look at the studies. And I think it was Alex uh, Vasquez who helped Uh, to write one of our uh, textbooks in medical school. So he put an article out. Basically, it has to do with viruses will flourish in, obviously, when there's an immune compromised system. We all know that, right? That's why it's affecting children and elderly people the most. So his study basically says doing three grams of vitamin C, TID, with quercetin, TID is going to help to modulate the histamine levels, which will then give your body, again, that vital force to be able to fight and combat the virus. So even if you have it, you're not manifesting symptoms. The thing that has to, you have to be the most careful of is for example, I have a patient who, she's a caretaker for a lot of elderly people, 80s, 90s, you know, very sick elderly people yeah. that are pretty immobile, so they're, sta- they're stagnant, they, they're not good circulation, their lymphatics aren't moving, they're not able to detox, you know, chemicals and, and all this kind of stuff. So they're sitting there, not moving, and so any amount of bacteria, any amount of viral load that comes their way, they just can't handle right, it they're because they're, that vital force is so diminished because they're not, there's no movement. So with her, she came in to see me, she's coming in weekly to do high-dose vitamin C IVs, and I think that's been fantastic because if she keeps the vitamin c is going to help to keep that at bay first of all we know that there's many studies about out china just put another study out which china was also imprisoning people for talking about it for the first six <laughs> weeks so I, there's not i don't know how much i believe coming from china right now sure at the end of the day there's still studies on it and i have other patients from hong kong that do high dose vitamin c for post-cancer treatment so there's yeah. there's enough literature out there on vitamin c that we know it's helping so what she does is prophylactically because she's around this environment for her job she comes in to get the ivs and i think it's fantastic because she doesn't want to be the, the copy of the culprit to get these other people sick so i think it's just being aware of that if you're mm-hmm. if you have an elderly you know parent or something i would probably if you take public transportation 
I would avoid going to see your parents because you could be a carrier and you don't you don't want to do that. You know, it's just like all the time. You could be a carrier with no symptoms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like men, I mean, with, with sexually transmitted diseases, you know, oftentimes men are the carriers. They, they don't know. They're not manifesting any kind of symptom. It's, it's yeah. the woman because she's got more of that. Um, it, it's the, the, the whole vaginal system is just much more um, vulnerable to yeah. and susceptible to, to manifest different symptoms, that kind of thing. So yeah. with Corona, I think, I think the most important thing is really just um, vitamin C, zinc, anything that's going to help the immune system, but doing it in therapeutic doses. So it's not just, you know, once in a while I'm taking vitamin C, but doing, you know, three grams TID is, is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, TID, what does that mean? Three times a day. Three times yeah, a day. At least. Cool. And you usually want to take it with food. It can affect the, the, the digestive system a little bit, so it can make you a little bit nauseous, just like when you take a prenatal yeah. on an empty stomach. Same thing with zinc. So you always want to do that. There's liposomal C. You were talking about the liposomal glutathione. Liposomal C is also really important. You can take higher doses of that as well. Um, da Vinci Laboratories of Vermont has a really good product that I recommend for a lot of patients to take too. Um, ozone cool. therapy, amazing. Actually, Dr. Uh, it's Rowan. Rob, Robert Rowan. Yeah. yeah he Santa has Rosa. a really, really, really great um YouTube video out right now on coronavirus the mechanism of the cysteine molecule that basically goes around the virus and so the ozone molecule helps to take those tentacles basically from that cell and make it so that it can't get into the healthy cells so mm. ozone is amazing and yeah. we will have it here at uh, S7M we don't I yet can't wait. so the reason just to kind of segue into why I'm even here so I had many opportunities to go various places like most people do. You go where the best opportunity is. I knew that when I was 19, I always wanted to come back to San Francisco. I said I left my heart in San Francisco, and the goal was always to come back. So I applied for the residency here at San Francisco Natural Medicine. I talked to Dr. Carl Hanji Bauer, who's been in practice for over 30 years. He is definitely a pioneer in naturopathic medicine. So he lobbied back in the 80s for naturopathic medicine to get passed. So mm. that is why I came here, to learn from him. He is brilliant. He is a go-getter. He fought and fought and fought. So he was the, the second number for licensure in the state of California. And so he's, wow. he's my mentor, and I feel so blessed I even got to work with him. Um, in addition to that, he also knows that I love business. I love sales. I love not only sales, but I love explaining to people and patients why they need something. I don't have to sell. I believe in stuff. Yeah, patients me say, okay, great. I don't care how much it costs because the patients that come here to San Francisco Natural Medicine usually want to optimize their health. They're in VC. They're entrepreneurs. They really want to be fucking good at what they do, yeah. just like I do. Yeah. I want to be the best. I don't want to. I don't want you to come to me because I'm going to get you a little bit better. I want you to feel so fantastic that you can go forth and fulfill every dream that you want to do in this year, in this next five years, in this lifetime. Yeah. So with all that being said, Dr. Carl brought me here because I was very, you know, excited and motivated. And so the regenerative medicine portion of my medical training is why I came here. So I do a lot of like um, the joint injections using exosomes, um, platelet-rich plasma, all that kind of stuff. So as I've been here for, it'll be two years in May, um, I've had to bring on these various modalities one, one step at a time. So you have to write all the different, um, you know, just inform consents and blogs and articles because when you introduce something, yeah. the masses want to know why. Well, do you have literature on that? So it's been a lot of work. So ozone's not here yet, but it will be. And there's not a lot of people in the Bay Area that are offering ozone too. So, But it's very powerful for getting rid of uh, various microbes, yeah. viruses, bacterial infections, things like that. If there's GI compromise and you've got dysbiosis, you can't absorb your nutrients. So it's really important to help to get that intestinal wall back into um, you know, optimal 
basically absorption levels because yeah. that's what's going to help you to to again have an immune system. Your immune system cannot do anything unless your GI tract is is that that intestinal wall is is a tight it's junction. Tight, yeah. If you don't have that tight junction, molecules will leak out. That's going to get autoimmune conditions, things like that. So, um, with all that being said, uh, part of the the whole regenerative medicine process, you know, we talked about a lot about cortisol. So cortisol is one of the biggest buzzwords I think here in my practice because. In San Francisco, in New York, and it doesn't matter where you are, if you have stress in your life, your cortisol is likely, your adrenal glands are working overtime, and so it's really important to give that adrenal gland the support it needs. There was just a cadaver study done um, recently, and the, the cadavers, all adrenal glands were the size of a pea. So originally they started out the size of a walnut, which is about the size of a prostate gland, yeah. but the, all these cadavers, they were literally the size of a pea. That means that they have shriveled up, and well, they're obviously dead because they're a cadaver, but prior to that, that organ should have been intact it should have been the right size but it wasn't and the reason for that was the chronic stress the chronic yeah. and when you say chronic stress people say well i'm not really that stressed even if you just have to be on like right now we're on right right, right. When i woke up first thing this morning uh well i have my little morning regimen but after that the second i turn my phone off of airplane mode which everyone needs to sleep their phone in airplane mode across the room you Thank don't you. need that garbage you don't need the blue light you don't need any of that if you want to get a good night's sleep it's really important to have good, dark rooms without electricity, EMFs, any of that stuff around. So as soon as you turn your phone off of airplane mode, the emails come through, the calls come Texas through. The texts are coming come in. Through, 14 I got this stuff. morning. I'm the same way. Off airplane yeah. mode, I look at my phone, I got... Yep. Yeah, 14 Texas. I'm like, so you have Jesus. to be prepared to combat all that because half that is nonsense. Yeah. Half the emails I get, half the text, it's nonsense. Agreed. So... If you have to be on, it's really important that you're modulating those cortisol levels, your DHA, which is a precursor sex hormone, which if you want to have a good libido, if you want to have a good, you know, enjoyable life, you don't want to feel like, you know, oh, it's three o'clock, I feel like trash. If you don't want that to happen, it's really important to support the adrenal glands. So that's why I say I don't market these products. I don't just get them out. This is literally what I take multiple times a day. So you saw me, I think, when I first got here. Um, this is a mixture of my own herbal concoction. Almost every patient that comes in, I'd say 90% of my patients come in and they get their own herbal concoction. So so based on their brain function, based on based on all of their symptoms, conglomeratively, I put together an herbal formula for them. So Having cool. with their hormones, their energy, you know, their sleep factors, um, stress, their central nervous system. Are they usually in parasympathetic tone or are they in sympathetic tone? Um, rest. I mean, our, most of us are probably in sympathetic, right? Before you, we got here, you were injecting me with this NAD therapy, and you were having trouble finding the vein, and you kind of asked me, "Are you a little like?" I'm like, I'm a little, "I didn't little have little trouble tense. finding the vein." Not trouble finding the vein. Okay. I found the vein. You found the vein. Let's let everybody know. Okay, that. sorry. I phrased that phrasing. I phrased that wrong. The vein was a little bit, it almost felt sclerosed, but I know that yes. it's not sclerosed. So the the vein was a bit hardened, like, like you're saying, and usually that's due to cortisol. It can be because due of to sleep well and last I, night. It can be because of, you know, um, you know your blood pressure is high and you're a little bit stressed. Yeah. But typically I've found a, a strong relationship with cortisol being high to veins just being a bit more hardened. Yeah. And so it, I totally, and I, and I said, I was like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little stressed right now. How much sleep did you get last night? Uh, I did okay last night. I don't. I didn't have my aura ring as we were talking. I didn't have it on last night because I switched phones, so I didn't have it on. But um, I probably got seven hours or okay. something. Okay, consecutively, I, I probably, or did you wake up through the night? I probably woke up once. Yeah, once. To use the bathroom or? No, I just randomly woke up. I think I woke up at like five, and then I went back to bed for like another hour. And then how long does it take you to fall back asleep? When you that wake took up? my latency was a little. It took me a little bit. Yeah, that, so I, usually I don't. Yeah. Again, and that, that's all related to cortisol. So it's just like people say, oh, I took a sleeping thing and it kind of worked. I fell asleep okay. Yeah. Well, there's such a difference between, um, you know, using melatonin. Like I take six milligrams, three to, three to six milligrams a night, usually more just because 
I think transitionally right now, I don't do it permanently, but you have to, you have to look at your situation. You cycle off the melatonin. You're not every night. I do. Yeah. But good. right now cool. I'm going through a bit of a stressful time just with work and stuff. So, yeah. uh, one of the other. And you know that. And so that's cool. So you're yep. reading your body and you're like, this is what I need right now. Yep. I yeah. I know my workload's you know, tripled in the last two months. So that's that. So I know what I need. It's kind of, you have to get that point. And if you don't yeah. know what your body needs, that's when you need to see somebody. It's really important to talk to your healthcare provider about how to dose supplements. You cannot willingly just start taking some. If you want it to work, if you want it to be impactful, it's really important to hone in and get the dosing down correctly. But melatonin will help you fall asleep, doesn't help you stay asleep. So I do a, a salivary cortisol test times four. So I remember during medical school, I asked the my- The Dutch test, right? No, no, no. Something different. No, that's, D- Dutch might do it, but I use ZRT for, um, okay. for adrenal testing. But Dutch test is great. I love Dutch test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More for hormones, but uh, for adrenal testing, well, they're all hormones. The ZRT. But for ZRT cortisol specifically i like to do that test cool um in medical school i remember i asked my pcp i said I, i'm just i'm in my second year of pathology and i'm like i really want to test my cortisol this stuff's so cool you know and you think you have every disease there is out there and, yeah i have um, that i have that yeah yeah you totally do so i well you don't but i you think you, you do. think you do yeah. yeah absolutely so i said can i check my cortisol she refers me to an endocrinologist just to get my cortisol tested do you know how long i was gonna have to wait to see a specialty endocrinologist just to get my cortisol tested this is insane yeah this is, because everybody literally if if you have, if you're between the age of, I say, if you live in the Bay Area, even if you're retired, I have a patient who's 71, her husband drives her crazy. I'm like, you need to be on a drill because <laughs> handling that guy, that's a job in itself. So even if you're not retired, yeah. I think everybody needs to be on adrenal support. The, I the reality feel the same is, way, yeah. again, we're on. So if you're not on that, then you're going to wake up through the night and you may not be able to go back to sleep. It's not an issue of, oh, I had to wake up to urinate, my prostate may be enlarged or whatever, because that happens all the time. There's things we can do right, that right, reduce right. the size of the prostate as well, so you're not waking up to pee. Or if you're a woman and you're going through other you know, situations and you've got... Um, you know, urinary incontinence or whatever. There's there's things and reasons why people wake up. But it's again, it's, why are you doing that? You know, why are you waking up? Is it cortisol? Is it inflammation? Is yeah. it because you're perimenopausal? What's going on? So yeah, yeah. So cortisol is important. So that salivary test, you check it four times throughout the day. The body has a natural curvature, so it spikes first thing in the morning, morning. ideally, and then gradually, gradually, gradually plateaus until bedtime. But what I'm finding is when I run these tests, people get a spike at 11 p.m. It's plummeted first thing in the morning. It doesn't spike again until 10, 11 o'clock a.m. So if you wake up and you don't feel refreshed and you can't live your best life, you're like, God, why does it take me four cups of coffee to wake up? That's not normal. But also, you yeah. know, I think exercise, sunlight, sunlight first thing in the morning is really good for resetting that circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. It helps the, thy- the thyroid gland, you know, to, to be stimulated, to make thyroid stimulating hormone. That is so important. The thyroid, if that's not in track, if your other hormones aren't in track, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to feel optimal. So testing this stuff is really important, especially as you get older, as your body starts changing and things like that. So and so you also do a lot of work with bioidentical hormones. So if someone comes into you and they're like, hey, you know, uh, Dr. Shannon, I'm not sleeping well. Uh, I'm waking up. I have insomnia. I'm waking up at 2. Every 2 a.m. I just I go to bed at 9, but at 2 a.m. I wake up and I can't go back to sleep mm-hmm. or something like that. You're, is that your first thing to think about? Are you thinking of hormones or are you thinking more – natural supplements like the ones we're talking about. about either of those things i'm thinking about what's going on in your life yeah when did this start did this start two months ago did it start last year did it start two years ago because that same patient i talked about that had the husband and the boyfriend that epstein-barr virus she also hadn't been sleeping well Ever since she was not living and standing in her truth, her sleep just started changing immensely. So I want to find out when it started and then find out why it started. 
So when you find out the why and the when and the yeah. how, then you can fix it. I'm not going to think about how I'm going to treat anything until I know cool. when it started. So that again, going back to if it's people our age, you know, in their thirties, their forties or their twenties. Um, yes, your age. Yeah, 20, exactly. So, yes. I know. So I'm, I'm being cute. <laughs> in our age, yes. I'm being cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you if you think about that person not being able to sleep versus my mom who is in her 50s why she can't sleep well most likely hers has to do with you know she she now has this diminished estrogen and progesterone right her LH FSH is starting to skyrocket because right the, but the hypothalamus is is trying to signal to pituitary gland the pituitary gland is trying to signal to the ovaries make more estrogen make more progesterone but the body's like I'm shutting down I'm done I'm over this so when that yeah. happens you know you have to figure out okay well how am I going to treat this do they want to be on bioidentical hormones um, if that's the case but you have to look your age demographic for sure that's a huge part of it because naturally as we get older as your mitochondria the powerhouse of each cell as it starts to shut down your body just kind of starts dying that's yeah. the reality so that's we're meant to start to die right we, we, we procreated we you're done now are. yeah and so that's why it is so 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 important to even like for me this whole anti-aging medicine anti-aging is it's a word that as a medical professional, I think it's kind of um, unprofessional to use, but as oh. people out in the, but, but as people who are non-physicians or non-practicing uh, medical professionals, they use that word. And because it's important, because we all want to age gracefully and age yeah. well. You don't want to feel like you're dying. Even if you are, you don't want to live like that. I think they just raised Social Security to 67. Yeah. That just got passed because people are living to be longer. So that's kind of what I specialize in is anti-aging and regenerative medicine because why not? If people are living longer, if people are starting more businesses, if you if you love what you do, if you have yeah. ideas and you want to start implementing and, and impacting whatever realm, whatever you're good at, I want to help you do it better. That's, that's my whole thing. So um, I can segue that into the NAD treatment. So that's Talk NAD. about that. So you hooked me up. We're doing yeah. NAD therapy right now. Um, first of all, explain what NAD is to people. And then, yeah, why we should be, why, why should we, why, sh why we should be doing it? Yeah. So, you know, NAD is, I said earlier, about 20 minutes ago, I said there is no magic bullet. I said that. However, However, now I'm going to go back because this is actually, it's, it's known as the magic bullet. So what happens is because of all the cellular damage, like I talked about the fluorine, the chlorine, you know, different uh, heavy air. metals, everything, yeah. the, the stuff. So one thing I'm going to segue, uh, I take the bus. I don't, I don't use Ubers. I can't stand them. So one of the main, really? main, main reasons I cannot stand Uber is I would say 90% of them have air fresheners in there. All of those air fresheners are synthetic endocrine disruptors. If you read the ingredients, I remember one mm -hmm. apartment I lived at, I, ma I made them give me a breakdown of the ingredients because I felt sick every time it worked out. I was like, what is going on? I read those ingredients. They should be banned from production. It's just disgusting. Yeah. So when I think about having to undo those chemicals that I have now inhaled, they're now in my bloodstream, all those chemicals, so everybody using Glade air fresheners, any any lotions from Bath & Body Works, Victoria's Secrets, you know, perfumes that are, you know, not really high-end perfumes that are, that are so synthetic, that all gets in your nasal cavity, it all gets in your bloodstream, it affects so much of your cellular function. Yeah. So now, the cells start dying off. The cells just, they just, they can't function. So literally, half your body is not even performing at, it's 30%. Mm. So what NED does is nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide uh, is a molecule that's essential for every cell of every living organism. So plants, animals, I mean, they find it in, you know, any kind of autopsy they do. It's in every cell. We all need NAD. So again, as we have this body burden that continues to rise, your NAD is pretty much non-existent. It's very difficult to start mm -hmm. making it or to, to have it become active in the body. So NAD plus is actually what we administer. So it's not, um, there's NADH, it's NAD plus. NADH is still good, but your body has to still make it the active form. So NAD plus okay. really kind of gives you that boost. What it was is it started um, 
quite a long time ago. I don't remember how it was first administered. It might have been it might have been intranasally. I, I don't really I don't remember. But it was it was used for drug and alcohol withdrawal symptoms. Okay. So I NAD, thought I read that about like heroin addicts coming off yeah, of addiction yeah. were using it and got a lot of success. I think right. Alcohol, benzodiazepines. Yeah. I mean, you name it. Any 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 drug or alcohol. Um, substance. This is really helpful for mitigating those side effects. It's it's phenomenal. And there's a whole different de- you know detox protocol if it is for alcohol. You have to mm. make sure you don't kill anyone, obviously. Yeah. But the NADH is just or the NAD plus is going to help to mitigate those symptoms. So basically, I, I I have people that are in VC. I have people that have fibromyalgia. I have patients that have been on antipsychotics, and they just need recalibrated. They mm. just need a bump. They just need to feel good. So when you do this, it's like one molecule of of NAD plus you three molecules of ATP. That's huge because the whole body's goal wow. is to make adenosine triphosphate, right? That's the entire goal of everyone. Your muscles need it, your eyeballs to twitch, your smooth muscle, you know, any, anything that has to do with the abdominal organs, everything requires ATP to function. So NAD is giving a triple magnitude of that ATP production. And since it crosses wow. the blood-brain barrier, the amount of mental clarity the patients have when they walk away, I have had three patients so far say, my overall gratitude for life has improved immensely they just feel a gratitude and when when i've had patients say that to me it's that's why i'm here that's yep. my business so it's one of my it's one of my most passionate things right now is the nad therapy because i see it working i see it changing lives it helps with you know people that have uh fascia issues with like you know their feet or just you know mm-hmm. muscle tension things like that nad is literally going in it's waking up every cell of the body and just giving people an overall vitality that they need that they probably haven't had for a very long time so that's yeah. why people you know they they I, I often recommend starting with six uh, protocols so do six treatments and then we see how we feel but if you're doing it for insomnia if you're doing it for um you know an you've seen it help with insomnia oh it definitely helps with insomnia really sure. yeah and nothing else they just did NAD. Yep. Wow. Yep. Absolutely. There's again, there's many factors. If someone sure. has insomnia because you know they're going through a stressful time, or they're working too late, they're on their phone too late, you need to address those things because right. lifestyle choices and and habits are so important. That uh, your heart is the most vulnerable at night and in the morning. A pastor told me this one time. And I will never forget that. So at night, I think mm-hmm. oftentimes people just like to tune out, whether they're looking at pornography, whether they're looking at, a, they're watching, you know, Netflix, or they're, they're numbing out because they don't want to be at peace or to think about what's really going on. They just want to mask and push things away. Yeah. It's really important what you do with your nighttime and your morning time regimens. So I have patients write out gratitude lists first thing in the morning. I have them write affirmations in the evening, reread them first thing in the morning because people really yeah. self-hate. And I'm not really into the whole self-love thing. I'm not, I'm not going there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that people love themselves too much. But when you truly, truly believe in yourself yeah. and you've gotten rid of the trauma from not feeling good enough or whatever else, it's really important to affirm yourself rather than looking at your phone first thing in the morning and realizing, oh, wow, they got 32,000 likes. And, God, I, I, I'm fat and yeah. I just don't even – I feel terrible about myself. I mean, habits and that nighttime and that morning time regimen are so important. So I really address insomnia from, from both of those elements too, from those aspects. Very cool. And – you know, I've been on it for, I don't know, an hour or so. I feel great. I mean, I haven't noticed anything. I, we were talking a little bit offline before you we even get started. We we're saying, hey, like some people I know, they do the NAD therapy. They feel like this constriction in their chest or something. Mm-hmm. Like they, they feel like really tight. And then afterwards there's this release. I haven't felt any of that. So... So that's, again, I've, I've done a lot of studying. I learned from uh, Ken Starr. He's an MD, and he has a clinic in Louisiana and San Diego, I think, I think his clinic's in San Diego. Louisiana is where we get the supply from, from Archway Pharmacy. Uh, nonetheless, 
Ken Starr is the guru of NAD. So if I have questions on anything, any protocols, I'll either call his nurse or I'll call him. So I spent thousands of dollars to go to the training. If anybody tries to administer NADHT or NAD plus and they have not gone through the proper training, I would say absolutely not. And you find a practitioner who has gone through the training because it is really, really important to understand the contraindications, to understand if someone's on anti-psych meds currently. If they're titrating off these meds, it's very dangerous to do that. So if you're doing that, it's really important to know what you're doing, how much to dose, what is their titration schedule and things like that. So you can't just willingly start treating people with NAD. So the reason people have, you know, the cardiac um, constriction and things like that is because probably it's being jerked too fast. The practitioner, whoever is administering it, probably hasn't done the research. They probably didn't go to the trainings. They don't really know what they're doing. But yeah. it can be, so as good as all these things are, as good as ashwagandha is, as good as, you know, hawthorn, which is a really strong herb, um, cardiac Leonoris, as, as good as these herbs are, they can be very, very dangerous too. Yeah. So just because something's natural doesn't mean it can't kill you. I could kill you if I wanted to. I don't want to kill thanks. you. I don't want to kill you. <laughs> the point is, it's so important to use these things wisely and to know how to dose them, when to dose them, and the, and the protocols for all these things. So protocols with NAD is the, is the biggest thing. So we don't, we don't want to have anyone to have a cardiac um, event. It's really important to their cardiac history, to know what medications they're on. This can lower blood pressure. So does their blood pressure already run low? You don't want people passing out. You got to mm. resuscitate them. I've had it happen many, many times. You put the wow. legs up, you pound the chest, heat on the chest, ice in the back of the neck, and it, and it happens. You, you bring them back real before they get to that point of passing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. it happens because everybody is so different. Everybody's body burden everyone's doshic makeup is so different so it's never one size fits all i have a patient he's just moved here from uh lagos he's an investor and i have him on this protocol he's a very big guy i'm gonna put him on five milligrams 500 milligrams pretty much right at the gate and i'm gonna keep him at that high dose because he's such a big guy it's gonna yeah. take more of a substance so that's another thing in allopathic medicine let's say they start you on um let's say they want to start you on ambient or on adderall so everybody that starts on adderall typically is the same milligram an 88 pound woman a 200 pound guy everybody started at this you know 10 milligram for example yeah that's crazy it's not okay so i i look at every dose is different between patient to patient and what i and what i treat them with so, for example, for you, I did 125 milligrams. It's the starting dose. Yeah. So we always do a trial dose just to make sure you don't have an adverse event. Yeah. And yeah. so, and what what should I feel afterwards? Or you just like, kind of everything you said, like probably mental, or I guess how soon will I feel this clarity? This um, just maybe this. I'm expecting to be like kind of like just buzzing and energy, but. It's not, it's not like taking a pill. It's not like drinking a cup of coffee by any means. I think it's restorative. If I had uh -huh. to use a word for NAD, it's restorative. So because it has an affinity, it can go to the liver. It can go to the pulmonary system. It can go to all mm. the muscles. It's going everywhere in the body. So literally, it's just kind of giving you that, again, I hate to use that word again, but it's, it's giving that vitality. Bio, vital force, so yeah. I like to say that it's not, what, it's not what you do feel. It's the symptoms that you don't feel. So the fact that you don't feel terrible, the fact that you don't have insomnia anymore, the fact that you don't have, have muscle pain and fatigue and of pain the fact that you don't have those things there that's the presence of nad yeah. in someone who's actually you know very very healthy like yourself um you work out you eat well you're very cognizant of these things if for you i think it's just going to give you a little bit of a boost of mental clarity yeah. so your cognition your memory maybe i'll sleep focus, better tonight everything yeah. yeah sometimes the night of people sleep a little bit worse but the following nights they feel amazing i had one patient mm. she's a very prominent real estate agent here in town phenomenal woman she's very successful and she did she said chronic fatigue i think for about, about since she was 38 she's 71 68 about 30 years chronic fatigue for 30 years so there was one year when she was 38 she was in bed for the whole year literally in bed she she was she had disability she, she was fine wow. whatever but now she's one of the top real estate agents in san francisco comes to me gets two ivs first one was 125 second one was 250 NED. 
She's sicker than a dog. She was in bed the entire day, felt nauseous, just a wreck. But the day after that, and, and that's the only patient I've ever had react that way. Yeah. But she had had chronic fatigue and probably mitochondrial dysfunction for so many years that the amount of wake up that it did to her body was just too much. Yeah. It was probably so stimulating for her. But now, since then, she hasn't had to take a nap. She's sleeping better. She feels great. So it, it, it speaks for itself. The substance really does speak for itself. So I usually say start, if you're just a healthy person, you're not actually using NAD for a specific pathology, I say start with six treatments and see how you feel. Very cool. Um, I have so many more questions for you, but we've already been going for like an hour and some change. So, and I I know you're going to be going, you just told me you're going to go to this peptide course in, in the summer, right? It's in. It's next month. Oh, next month. Assuming Perfect. that assuming that uh, travel is not shut down. So yes. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. Peptides are kind of the new cutting edge thing, and so there's there's various peptides that can be used for um, whether it's for uh, sexual function, whether it's for um, uh, healing post injection therapy. So I do a lot of joint injections for hips, shoulders, knees, things like you that. You do prolo therapy, right? Prolo therapy, platelet rich plasma, and exosomes. Okay. Yeah. So in and by exosomes, you're talking like stem cells. Is that right? So exosomes, I like to call them the precursor to stem cells. So legally, I can't call them stem cells, but what you take from the amniotic sac, the placental tissue, and the umbilical cord of plant cesareans, um, I'm currently using a company called Predictive. Predictive is very good. I might be switching that company to another MD that started a company in in, uh, L.A., um, soon, but that's nonetheless, exosomes come from these derivatives of the amniotic t- tissue and, and sac. So okay. what that does is those, they're, they're acellular, so they don't have a cellular component to them, but it stimulates your own body's um, ability to then make stem cells. So they are mm. there. The proof is in the pudding again. You know, you can use them for hair restoration. You can use them for um, the O and the P shot. You can use them for the joints, anything like that. But the peptides go really nicely in that post-care healing as well. So peptides can be used across the board for many things, whether it's hormone balance, like I said, sexual function or the, the pain, um, reducing inflammation, things like that. Some Very for autoimmune cool. conditions. So I'll be going to the peptide seminar and we'll be having those by the end of the year. Yeah. So I bring that up because I... We got to do a part two because there's so much stuff that I still haven't. T- I wanted to talk more about prolotherapy, PRP, the O shot, the P shot, the grains wave, the peptides. There's so many mm-hmm. other things that you're yep. doing that I want to talk about. So let's let's do a plant. Let's do a part two. I want to go into like the lightning round of questions to kind of wrap things up today. Sure. Cool sure. with that. Yeah. So just real quick, are there any uh, projects that exciting projects that you're working on right now? I think the exciting projects are probably the peptides is the biggest thing right now, I think, in regenerative medicine, just because people are feeling so good on them. It's reversing age. It's like, you know, insulin-like growth factors. So people do a lot of IGF injections with themselves um, that are compounded formulas. And I think that the peptides go really nicely with the IGF therapy, Mm. um, the O and the P shot, like we briefly touched about, so, or talked about. So when you have, whether it's urinary incontinence, whether it's, you know, decreased libido or, you know, issue, any kind of sexual dysfunction that's going on, this injection of taking your own blood out, spinning it down injecting the vagina or the penis is a is a game changer i mean men joke and say you saved my marriage you know women women i mean i've had myself treated i had a guy from canada uh i offered to be the demo at one of the um one of the trainings because i thought if anybody's gonna inject me i want it to be the best of the best yeah i had urinary incontinence from i was a, a runner for many years half marathons all that jazz yeah your uterus starts to tilt if you're an athlete and so that uterine tilt wow. is also what puts pressure on the urethra. So then it makes you have to pee more. So I did uh. one one injection and it was gone. So, yeah. So it's it's that's probably what I'm most excited about right now. We're not doing it here yet, but that and ozone therapy. There there's new 
studies coming out with ozone therapy all the time. Ozone for coronavirus is fantastic. Yeah. If, you can, if you can have access to it, if you've been exposed to coronavirus, I strongly urge you to do at least six sessions. Just get it, get it eradicated. You know, fix when you your say body. ozone, just for people, that, you can get it. Uh, injected, you can inhale it, you can drink bubbled ozone water. What are you talking about? Yeah, what, so what do people I, I do that insulfilation is like a rectal of, ozone? Yeah, if you have colon cancer, uh, any kind of pre or post treatment, I think that rectal ozone um, is really great. So the ozone is just the triple oxygen molecule yeah. where you hyper oxygenate the body and basically um, free radicals and bacteria and viruses cannot withstand that type of environment. So yeah. what I do is typically I'll take about 120 cc's of blood out um, and then put it back into the body. But you, before you put it back in, you put uh, double. So you're the doing amount. injections. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. It, you can do ten pass, three pass, yeah. single pass. It doesn't matter. So it's basically in your blood, and when the blood. The blood starts out like this deep maroon color, so when you have oxidative stress in the body, your blood is very dark. And that presence of uh, very dark blood just means the presence of, of viral load, bacterial, it can mm. be not enough sleep. It, it, something's off when the blood is that dark, but that's yeah. very common to see. So when you put the ozone back into the bag of the blood that we've just taken out, your blood goes from this plum color to this fire engine red, and that's the presence of all that oxygen in there, and it's amazing to see. Yeah. So it goes in, and it basically helps to alkaline the system, kill off the viruses, the bacteria, all that so that's the ozone that's been the most studied that's what was what i've seen work in practice anything that you're doing topically intranasally anything like that um it's just not getting to the, the, the dose that we want gotcha yeah it's not a therapeutic dose so ozone uh sexual rejuvenation hair restoration all of that is is probably my and the peptides are my my most excitable things right yeah now. you're rocking man I, I i gotta acknowledge you i really just appreciate your energy and just gumption to go out and just do more like what you have built here already with the iv therapy and stuff is enough most people will be happy with that and you're like not satisfied so yeah, i really right. love that and i'm just so happy that you're continuing to do it because people like me in san francisco who are interested in this stuff mm -hmm. um I'm happy. Like, this is great for us. This yeah. is great for me. So thank you. There's, you're very welcome. And I, I feel so blessed that I was ha able to have the, the healing journey that I had and I'm able to do this stuff because I tell patients if if they feel good, I'm a vessel. That's it. I'm a vessel. I'm yeah. a caveat. That's it. And and part of the reason that people go into medicine is because they want to learn. People go into medicine for all different reasons, for money, you know, mostly. But for me, it's I never want to stop learning. Whenever yeah. I saw doctors in the past, I always wanted to see the resident doctor because the resident always knows the cutting edge, the most updated information they have the most the current data the studies they know it and that's what i want to be i want people to come to me because i've got the most cutting edge and i'm going to get them better and they're going to feel better when they walked in there's three things don't kill the patient listen to the patient touch the patient make them feel just a little bit better when they walk out than when they came in so cool um who inspires you right now when you think about people in the the wellness the biohacking the health world who who's someone that you it could even be somebody older or whatever. Who is somebody that you currently follow or that inspires you? That's so hard because I have so many. I mean, I, yeah. I could say it's Dr. Carl Henry Bauer. I could say it's uh, Dr. Melanie Eichard. I work with her in Arizona. She took me under her wing. Um, Dr. Susan Williamson, who is a naturopath out of Arizona, and then Dr. Melanie Eichard. Those are two mentors that I that I stay in touch with. And to be honest, those are the people. I don't. It's, it's not people on YouTube, LinkedIn that are posting all this stuff. Yeah. That's not it for me. There's yeah. tons of good authors. There's tons of good doctors out there. But it's the people who have believed in me and taken me under their wing. And I love that because I feel so encouraged. I've gotten to learn from the best. So those two doctors, Dr. Carl Hanji Bauer. I'm just really grateful for the people that have that have that have believed in me and given me a chance. Yeah. And see that see the motivation that see the drive that see that i have the same passions as they do very cool so, yeah any any I'm, a, I'm an avid reader any any books or one to three books that 
that were game changers for you that you would recommend other people read? Yeah, there's a book uh, I actually have on my shelf. It's called Safe People by Dr. Henry Cloud and uh, something Townsend. But Safe People is really good. Talks about boundaries, boundaries in every mm. aspect of your life. And are you not only capable of having a safe relationship with other people, are they safe for you? Are you safe for them? Oh, interesting. I have many, many patients read that book. I got it from my high school graduation. I still read it all the time. Um, this book, Superhuman by Dave Asbury, he is a biohacker. A patient gave this to me. Um, I like this a lot because it just puts things into very simple, yeah. simple. If you're not a physician, you're not in the medical field, it can really help you understand just some basic changes that you can make in your life to really optimize your health. And then this one, if you have any kind of autoimmune condition, um, okay. I saw Tom O'Brien uh, recently. He spoke last year in the Bay Area. And so the autoimmune fix, again, if you have other stuff going on, I think this book is incredible. Um, on a personal level, my favorite author is C.S. Lewis. So I'm also reading The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, and that's an amazing book too. So I think Thank that you. having balance across the board is really important. You can't just read literature from one element, but it's really important to stay abreast in all topics, whether it's philosophy, literature, history, you know, poetry. Yeah. I think it's really important to be balanced. I think we have a lack of balance right now going on, and I think that even lack of balance will really manifest in disease in its own way. Mm. So Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's funny. If you look at, I'm always reading like three books at once, and like one book's on parenting, how to be a better parent. Another book's like on biohacking or like health, and, and then the other one who is like a I don't know a leadership book or something. So yeah, I'm the same way. How to be a better parent? Does that actually work? I don't think you can read that uh, shit. Can you? Let me tell you why. <laughs> let me tell you why. There's some good people out there, like Dr. Shafali. Um, the reason I mentioned her, she, she was like on Oprah and stuff. But okay. there's a lot of just like mindfulness stuff to be aware of, and then really I think is just being. Uh, being where the kid is at and it's hard to do that because uh, as you said we're so busy and we're so up in our heads running from place to place it's hard to empathize with the kid and be like what is his six-year-old brain thinking right now with no prefrontal cortex when he's screaming like a maniac and I want to choke him because I'm like I told you once right then I those books help me remind oh well this is why this is where you gotta you gotta mm -hmm. reach them at that level so mm -hmm. yeah but if just some book how to be a better parent no that's not gonna okay, help got but it, yeah, got yeah 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 and these are like good people, like Dr. Dan Siegel. You'd probably like something like that, like a, a doctor who's like studied it. I mean, he's he's very good. If I go that route, I'm gonna ask you for all. Oh, these you'll be books. yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be coming back. <laughs> um, this is big because you talked about it a lot through the interview, and that is, are there any rituals or practices? I I'm huge on this, and I think it's helpful for me. But so, what any rituals or hacks or practices that that you do daily that are pretty much game changers for you? Yeah, I think I, I mentioned the most, like I said, when that pastor said, your your heart is the most vulnerable at night and in the morning. And I have noticed it with people that I've met in the Bay Area, with friends, with past boyfriends, anything, that, that I've noticed that is that being off. And so they'll do anything to mask being vulnerable during those times. So at night, I cut everything off an hour before bed, make sure I read before bed. I pray before bed. I usually journal before bed. I read the Bible. I have devotionals that come through at 1230 a.m. every night so that I get those first thing in the morning. So when I do, so I usually stretch first thing in the morning. I read my affirmations. I do my gratitude list, and then I'll go to that devotional that I have just gotten. So those are really important for me. So again, you can't just be really good at one area of your life, or you can't just, let's say you have a problem with lying. You don't just lie in these situational things. If you lie in one area of your life, you're going to start lying in all these areas. Yeah. So everything overflows. I only use that example because it's just it just goes to show we can't compartmentalize things to a certain degree. Your character is your character. So what you believe in, what you practice, you know, you know, what you tell people you do and what you actually do is so important. So that nighttime in the morning ritual, 
I write affirmations for patients all the time. If they're mm. at a really low place in their life and I feel like they can't even say something positive about themselves, I'll write it for them. Sometimes wow. I'll, I'll share a scripture with patients if I feel like it's appropriate, you know, things like that. Um, I work out uh, only three times a week for 30, maybe four times a week for 30 minutes. I took my roommate last night. She almost died. I did two, I did two circuits and she literally almost died. So one of my patients uh, felt my muscle yesterday. She touched me. She's like, here, let me you, see. She's like, you work out. Oh yeah, that's solid. So yeah. all that to say, more time at the gym, more and more studies are coming out. That is not good. You do not need to spend a lot of time. I tell patients, if you can look at your phone, if you can read a magazine while you're at the gym, you're doing something wrong. You need to really get your heart rate up. When you're there, unless you just want to waste time at the gym and watch a movie while you're on the yeah. elliptical, that's cool. Yeah. But if you actually, if your time is really valuable to you, it's really important to get that heart rate up challenge the muscles um and to work out for 20 to 30 you know minutes it doesn't have to be anything long but to the point where you kick your own ass and that's what i do so i lift yeah. pretty heavy weights like twice a week and the other days i just do high intensity cardio with kettlebells that kind of thing nice so those, those are really important to me um i go to napa a lot I, I try to get away on the weekends um i'm going to cuba after i go to miami for the peptide conference travel is really important so find yeah. what you love and i've earned it though i mean i haven't taken a vacation in a long time even my my boss said gosh Julie, what are we gonna do are we gone for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know what? You've worked your ass off. He's like, you got to go. You got to go. Yeah. So d do whatever kind of fills up your love tank. Do whatever fills up your energy tank, that kind of thing. So people know it works for them, but it's really developing good habits. Good habits are so important. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. If you start slacking in one area, again, you can't compartmentalize. You're going to slack in all areas. If you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I think that's all I got. Last but not least, where can people find you? Uh, that's not all I got because I can answer that question. <laughs> uh, people can find us at San Francisco Natural Medicine. We, I work in Potrero Hill. It's great because there's ample parking here. We have nine treatment rooms. Um, I often see several patients at a time just depending on what, if you're coming in for a procedure or different things. But yeah, Potrero Hill is great. There's great access to, if you're from the South Bay, if you're coming from the North. Um, like I said, ample parking. And uh, right now there's just, it's myself and other practitioner. Um, we'll be bringing in more doctors in the near future. There's There, there will be some transition in the near yeah, future. Yeah, exciting stuff. Very excited about, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, Me too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. I hope it was insightful for anyone who watches. Oh, it will be. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in the show. It absolutely means the world to me. And I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. If any of this resonates with you, feel free to go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. There you can follow me or you can follow me on Spotify. And if you're interested in life coaching or health coaching, Coaching.com, and I'd love to connect with you there. Thanks, and continue to be amazing.